0: Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to the Life, Love, and Existential Dread podcast. My name is Brian Arada. I'm a film composer in Los Angeles. My co-host, Nathan Shelton, actor, Hi. writer, director, Playboy billionaire in Chicago.
1: Playboy how you doing, model Nathan? billionaire.
0: Playboy model. I'm sorry. Playboy model. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was going for, you know, at night you dress up as a bat and, you know, fight crime and Oh, totally. Amazing. You're doing, that, you're doing dad, that right I'm after Batman. this, right? So. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I probably have the angst of Batman, so that works. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, we are back again. Lots of things to talk about. Got a few ideas, few things to start us off. And I got one. I got something to start off with. This may be, sound a little weird, but um, – Hey, would you let me punch you in the face
1: for $100? What For $100? No. $100, I mean, no. I've never seen you punch anybody. Christ- I don't know how good you are at it. it. I'm not very good at it. That's that's part it of it. see. Okay. Like, like, like is Chris it going to be clean, a love no to- gla-
0: you, Are you no. going to hit me in the it's nose, It's going to be line? like, no. Okay. Well, I don't know. I've never hit somebody in the face, so it would be like a whole new thing. Just wanted to see what you say to that, you know, one hundred dollars, crisp, clean, one hundred dollar bill,
1: no glasses, just like now. Mm-hmm. Mm. You would, you, you, you would or you wouldn't? I don't know. I think it depends. I mean, if you ask me this question right now, when I'm waiting on my tax refund to come in, I, I'm more apt to say <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, okay, all right, all right. But uh, if you're asking me once my tax refund comes in, then I'd be like fuck off, no way. But okay, also no. the fact that you're all the way across the country in Los Angeles, that makes me go, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll say yes to anything. <laughs> okay. All right. All fair right. answer. You know? Well, would you let me kick you in the balls for $500? $500. $500, but I get to kick you as hard as I want in the testicles, and you can't, like, block yeah. or anything. You just have to stand there and take it.
0: No, 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 no. Same thing. Yeah, you got to take it. Uh, take the pain. Um $500. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'd let you. 250 like yeah. Two fifty
1: per testy. <laughs> <laughs> Plus a lifetime of me getting to to uh, you know secretly record that and show it to all your friends?
0: Right. Yeah. Hey. Hey. This is Brian getting kicked in the balls, but he got paid five hundred dollars. Took it like a man. Now he's now he's no longer a man because both his balls are crushed. Right. So both I don't his know.
1: Balls are gone. He's got implants. Was it worth
0: five hundred dollars? I don't know. I
1: mean you have to incur yeah, any yeah, medical would, bills would. that happen afterwards. Like I'm not paying for that shit. Uh, I'm only paying yeah. to kick you in the balls. You do it. <laughs> yeah, I think I would. All right. You don't you don't want to have kids someday.
0: Huh? I'm I am long past that. I'm forty six <laughs> years old. i there's no way I'm having I mean, a kid at forty six, even well, later. I mean, you than You could that. No though. Way. you could. I could. I choose not to.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I mean, this will give you the excuse. Well, I, you know, sorry, baby, I can't. I got kicked in the balls for 500 bucks.
0: (laughs) Well, it's just a safety thing. I go to a sperm bank and make a donation just in case, you know, uh, before I get kicked in the balls and uh, they they both, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I would do that. Yeah. Okay. But I, but in general, but in general, I think it's way too late, you know, and I really don't want to anyway. So. To get kicked in the balls or to have kids? Have kids or kicks in the balls, it's but never I need too late the five hundred dollars, so. right? <laughs> never too late <laughs> yeah, before they start getting hanging too long and everything and and then you really start injuring yourself you know inadvertently, yeah, yeah, it's never too
1: late. You can kick yourself in the balls by accident, yeah, that's like it's, you them. sit down and yeah,
0: <laughs> see Oh,
1: God. Is this what we're going
0: to talk well, about? All well, I was just going to say, well, folks, you never know where this conversation is going to lead. I kind of started <laughs> yeah. it out with the, with the violence, um, but I, I recently watched uh, Rocky Four, and uh, one scene where uh, um, Ivan Drago is – he's punching that uh, square thing that measures how hard he's punching. Okay, you know, and he says, "Oh, he and he's and then like the Russian trainer, or whatever he's saying. Oh, the average boxer punches this amount per square inch, and then Ivan Drago he punches this thing, and it's like you know three, four times much, you know, more than the average boxer, and we just blown away by how strong he is, you know. And then of course everything unfolds after that. Don't want to spoil it if you haven't
1: seen Rocky Four yet. I from mean, come on, if you <laughs> haven't seen Rocky Four yet, you're not going to like me. I've never seen Rocky Four, and I'm probably not going to." Oh. I know, you, you know seen what? Rocky 4? Dude, I've never seen any oh. Rocky movie all the way through, not even the first Rocky movie oh. all the way through. Now I've seen a lot wow. of the first Rocky movie from when I was younger and you know, being a I'm a big movie buff and I always have been, but for some reason yeah. boxing movies has never interested me at all. Like most sports yeah. movies do not interest me. Most sports TV shows do not interest me. I am not I've never okay. been a sporty sporty guy. I don't understand the rules of sports. I was never involved in sports. My brother, I have a twin brother, you know, we, both of us never did sports ever. And it's not like I okay. necessarily I don't think anything bad about people who do. I I really respect it and You know, that was something I used to be ashamed of when I was a kid is that I didn't do sports and everybody, you know, it's hard when you're a guy and you don't do any kind of sports or understand any kind of sports or even like any kind of sports because people are like, oh, did you see that game? And you're like, yeah, it's like that episode of the IT crowd. Do you watch (laughs) the IT crowd? Have you ever seen that?
0: No, never seen one episode of it.
1: Well, it's brilliant. It's a great, great British TV show. Uh, They tried to do an American remake and it was trash. But the British – there's a whole episode about how these footballers – They're trying to be manly men and there's this website you can go to that like teaches you how to talk like a man and like go and like talk with these cockney footballer guys. And so they go out to a bar and they're trying to like fit in and they wind up getting into all this trouble and hilarity ensues. It's a great, great episode. And that's – I identified with that episode so hard. I was like, this is me. You know, because my whole my whole life, I used to be in sales, right, you know, and, and one of my day jobs and salespeople, you know, very competitive people, very into sports. And like we go for work outings and stuff and everybody's drinking and like, let's go play football. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. You want to go toss football <laughs> around in the parking lot? Nah, fine, because you wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, you would think less of me if I if you saw me try to throw a football. know, yeah, it's not it's not ideal.
0: So, yeah, I was never very good at never very good sports either. I played soccer for many years, uh, but I was never very fast. I kicked, never very fast, but I kicked the ball pretty well. I played yeah. fullback, and uh, I was I was one of those guys. You know, you stay in the back on defense. The ball comes back, and you send it over everybody's head, so your guys that are fast can sprint down the field, get the ball, and you know potentially get a goal that way. That's um, awesome. But yeah, uh, I never. But I was. I was yeah, but you know, you play you know football games around the neighborhood. Everybody gets together and and just play street football and stuff yeah, you like did. that. That was always fun. You did. I did. I, I
1: love it. That was. Uh, okay. I mean, I played, fun. I, played fun. I did catch with my dad, you know, like we would go out and play catch like baseball. Yeah. Baseball was kind of a big deal in my house, in my family. Cause my granddad was an umpire and, um, you know, was in the Springfield, Missouri hall of fame, you know, and he's, he's been, an, he was an umpire and a referee for basketball and did football stuff. I mean, he was he was a sports editor for the News Leader for years and years and years there. Um, and so he was like widely huh. known amongst all the sports people. So it was also weird because my dad wasn't into sports really. So Jeremy and I weren't into sports. So we were kind of the black sheep of the family, I kind of feel like a little bit because nobody did anything. And so with sports movies, it's it takes a lot for me to like them. You know, I, I like some okay. movies like Bull Durham or, you know, baseball movies like that. Some of those I like... Necessary roughness. I don't know if you've ever seen that with Scott Bakula football yeah, movie. I yeah, think Scott Bakula. For yeah. some reason, I like that movie, and I love Ted Lasso, which is about soccer. Oh, you know, or you okay, know, football to the rest of the world. And I love that show, yes. but it's not because of the soccer that makes me love it. It's you know, it's everything else that I love about that show. <laughs> But yeah, oh, I, yeah, so I've never yeah. seen the Rocky movies, man. I just, I never got around to doing it. It just never interested me. Now, I, I appreciate how the movie got made. I know all, you know, the Sylvester Stallone story and all that stuff. And I think that's fantastic. But it's just never been a movie that I've been like, you know what? I really need to see that. I should go back and watch the first Rocky, but I don't see a reason that I would really get into the, the sequels. And you were talking about Rocky Four specifically. No. IV? Rocky Four. you know, and he's, you know, both of them are just
0: ripped to shreds. You, right. It's just they're so in shape and everything. And just seeing that as a kid is like, oh man, I'm gonna grow up and be like that one day. Yeah. Even even half as ripped up as both those guys were. And it's just, I don't know. It was just part of who we watch that thing. You know, you kind of get into it. You know, the whole, uh, you know, beating the crap out of somebody else. You know, and beating, you know, uh, the physical <laughs> aspect of it. Was It was fun for me as a kid, and I would watch those things all the time, you know, and uh, so it was always entertaining to watch that. And then there's something like 30 minutes of montages in Rocky IV. Oh, man. And so that good, was at the
1: heyday of, of those, right? Like that was – it was yeah. the late 80s that that came out? It was 85. Rock, oh, so Rocky IV came out in 85. Yeah. I yeah. mean the 80s were the decade of montage, 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 yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. And like you see one montage of Rocky Four, you know the entire story of Rocky because it goes through Rocky One. There's shots of Rocky One, Two, and Three, him getting beaten the crap out of you know Mr. T and all that, and and Apollo and everything. And but those songs during those montages, man, it gets. I I listen to those. They're in my uh, um, playlist when I'm riding my bike. Makes me go a little bit faster. It, what is it? It truly it like does. The, Cause it, he's
1: the best um, around,
0: <laughs> like that, or what no, is it? No, that's um, that's that's Karate Kid. Oh, and right. Weirdly right. enough, that song was supposed to be in Rocky Three, but Sylvester Stallone didn't like it, so whoever wrote that song got it placed in the Karate Kid movie at the end, the the big match scene at the end. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird little tidbit thing. That's weird. You mentioned that. Um, uh, man. There's no easy way out when he's after fighting with his wife. He's driving around. He's all pissed off because he wants to go to Russia. Yeah, and Adrian, you know, and they're yelling at each other. He's like, you've seen him. He's, you know, Apollo's dead. He's going to kill you. You know, he's so strong and everything. You can't win. And then he goes out and driving around, you know, driving around uh, thinking about being still main, remaining a boxer. And then, of course, all the training scene. He's in Russia, and he doesn't have any any of the good equipment. You know, Drago's got, like— State of the art electronic equipment, weights, and trainings, and these huge facilities. He's Rocky's out in the mountains, climbing mountains and using wheelbarrows and uh, training with rocks and stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. and
1: ripping logs in half with his bare hands. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then the final scene, he climbs up to the top, or somebody is climbing up to the top of a mountain and he's just screaming and yelling. as the end of the song, and this gorgeous shot mountain range and the and the and the camera circles around him and everything it was like man this is freaking awesome you know so now, i don't know it's a kid it was a kid it was very entertaining and i love love those movies is Burgess meredith in all of them or is he only in the first one he dies in the middle of the third one his okay. character dies in the middle yeah. of the third one. right like he gets Rocky gets beaten by Mr. T, and they're in the locker room, and he's he's almost dead. And he's like, "Did you win? Did you win?" And Rocky's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we we won and everything." But he actually didn't because he knows he's about to. Did die, he have a heart attack you know, in and, the
1: locker room or something?
0: Yeah, something like that. You see him clutching his chest earlier. They never really say, but you know, of course, you know, old right. guy, you know, he has a heart attack and everything. Right. But yeah, he he dies in the middle of the middle of the third movie. But he comes back in the fifth one as kind of like a. You know, memory of him. Like a spirit um, so ghost. You him... Like
1: a force ghost, like Yoda. It's. You're going to get him, <laughs> no. kid. Just hang in there, kid. <laughs> <laughs> the force is strong with you, Rocky. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be
0: weird if he starts starts talking that way in the middle of the thing there. Yeah, like that would totally you. change the outcome. Strong yeah. you are, Rocky. Um...
1: <laughs> Kick his no, ass. It's you Rocky. Must. Br- <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> no, that's funny stuff. Uh, it's uh, Rocky Four, and he's remembering stuff that, that, that uh, oh. you know that Mickey told him when it was previous movies and everything, you know, so you, you see him in a couple of later ones, but yeah, his character dies in the third one. Uh, I don't know, just love those movies are fun, you know I was like 10, 11 years old around those years, so it was
1: Yeah I mean, I would never come up. he was a big rocky fan, but that's good to know. It's good. To, I'm learning a lot about you. I, like you would get kicked in the balls, you know, for $500. You'd love to hit somebody in yep. the face and pay them a 100 just to do it for the pleasure, and you love the Rocky movies. So, you're a much more violent, but person. I just than want I give to you credit s- for Brian. <laughs> There's a hidden <laughs> darkness in you.
0: There is a hidden darkness. Yeah, I don't know what came, what came I don't know why I thought of that, but I was like, I just see what, I just want to see what you say. It's like, not, of course I'm not actually going to do it. I just want to see your reaction, you know. Sure. Cuz well you had you had a brother. I had a brother my brother and I would kill each other fighting oh. and wrestling around oh, yeah. all the time. Wrestling around. Each I mean, other That's what brothers do and everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah.
0: yeah. There was one time my brother had my arm and he had his knee in my elbow and he was pulling my arm back Ugh. and I was screaming. I was screaming. It was so painful. And I came around with my left and I hit him in the face, not even really knowing what I was doing. Cause it hurt so bad. I just big, big left to his face left, you know, and, and bruised his face. And he finally he'll stop, but uh, yeah, bending bending a limb the wrong way. Oh God! So much pain. Right. So much pain.
1: Now Jeremy and, and I, then you, I, we were twins, so we fought all the time too. And yeah. when we were really really young, my mom was a waitress at uh, Bombay Bicycle Club. If that that dates us, because Bombay Bicycle Club hasn't been a thing across the country for since the eighties. But we were fighting with little cocktail swords that she brought home for us. <laughs> We were like sword yeah. fighting with those and he lunged at me and thank God I missed his, his eye, you know, but it went up to the hilt up his nose, you know, uh, and we're kids like little kids, but it was like, you know, right up his nose and he's just, he's like, uh, and I'm like, oh my God. And then he, he like feels it. And he's like, ah. You know, just start screaming and my dad comes in. He's like, What are you guys doing? Oh my God. You know, and he's running and I remember him running Jeremy into the bathroom trying to help him. And I'm out there like crying because I'm like, I killed my brother, you know. I didn't know. And and my and he's in the bathroom. He's like, Why is he bleeding out of both nostrils? You know, because it started bleeding out of both sides. Um, but yeah, no, Jeremy's still he's not like a vegetable or anything. He's he's okay.
0: I was gonna say it's damaged his brain or something. Well, I mean, Jerry's still out know? on that one,
1: but you know,
0: okay, I think well. any
1: brain damage from that he might have was not from that sword incident. It might have been from other things <laughs> that we did. One time I we see. were fighting in the house when my parents weren't home. We lived in this uh kind of cheap house in Texas. My de- and we were fighting and he was chasing me, and I ran into the bathroom and I closed and locked the door, and he starts banging on the door, and I'm banging on the other side, you know, trying to hold him off. The whole door frame dislodges from the wall and breaks and falls Whoa. into the bathroom. And we were like oh shit, you know, like, oh my God, you know, we're like eight, I think around this time, seven or eight years old or something like that. And so we're like, Oh my God, Oh my God. So then we're like, Oh, dad's going to kill us. And so we tried to put the door back, but it was like, all cockamamie. I mean, it was all, it was screwed up. And we were like, huh, huh. well, we saw my dad's truck pull up. So we go, we lay on two different couches in the living room and just pretend like we're asleep because we don't know what else to do. So we're like, he won't get mad at us if we're asleep. So we're sleeping and dad comes in and he's like, Oh, okay, guys are asleep. And then he goes in towards the bathroom. We hear this, what the hell? Oh, Hello. guys! What? Get up! I know you're not sleeping. <laughs> we got so much trouble. We didn't do it. What are you talking yeah, about? Like, oh, I don't know oh, what happened, Dad. That? Oh, oh, so weird. What happened? Like <laughs> we were home by ourselves, and nobody else could have broken the door. It had to be us. But yeah, we got rough. I mean, we were the same age the whole time, you know. So of course, equally yeah. matched strength for the most part.
0: Oh, let's well, see. that's my brother's four years older than me. And he was, you know, he's bigger. he was bigger than me for a while, but then I started getting as big as him. And then I actually, you know, he's- He met he's, his match. Uh, on the shoulders. Exactly. I got older and then we really started wrestling and fighting each other. Um, but when we were little, we had bunk beds. He had the top bunk and I had the bottom and he would throw just toys just like down at me from the top. Yeah. And so I'd climb up the ladder and just jump on him. We started killing each other. I don't know how many times we fell off the top bunk together on the ground. Yeah. At least at least a dozen times. You know, yeah, you get hurt. I'm amazed neither of us ever broke a bone. Right. I, I I mean that thing's like six feet off the ground. At yep. least six feet. Yeah. You know, and, and we're for fighting on the way down, falling down. So yeah, we, we were we kill each other, and my dad would destroy us too, you know, for fighting and everything. So it oh, was yeah. it was <laughs> a lot of fighting. But then when we got older, and I was starting to beat him every once in a while and pin him and really hurt him, then we kind of cooled down. You know, he he didn't like me winning after all the years of him beating me up. Yeah. You know? So yeah, when you're kinda, dominant, kinda cooled and off, and then when all I of a got sudden,
1: big. Yeah, your your rival becomes you know equal yeah. match. Yeah. You gotta lay back some.
0: Cause there was one time, another time I was like sitting on the ground and he was on my back he was like choking me or something like that. And I don't know if, you know, you get that adrenaline going and I like flipped him over my back and he landed on his butt right in front of me. And it was kind of like a momentum thing too. So it wasn't like I was totally lifting his weight and, you know, and that really surprised him that I was able to, you know, get him over my back that way. And, you know, that was again, one of our, one of our last uh, fights as, as, as brothers.
1: wanted to be a stuntman. I knew I was going to be an actor and a makeup artist, but I also wanted to be a stuntman because I thought it would be so fun. So we used to choreograph fights, too, when we weren't really fighting. And he would, like, we'd punch each other and throw each other over the couch where the couch would flip over and do all these stunts. Uh, And then I started fucking up my back doing that stuff. I was doing that in high school, too. We were doing stuff where, like, we'd hit each other with chairs like wrestlers or like I I used to do this stunt all the time where people somebody would hit me in the face and I'd stumble backwards hit a chair flip over the chair do a backwards somersault and stand back up and then fall back down kind of like uh Charlie Chaplin or something and I used to love doing that stuff and you know all of our friends we'd all be like yeah this is cool you know and then somewhere in college I started being like oh my God, I just can't do this anymore, you know, it's and and yeah. now I think I'm really paying the price, a la like Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live, you know, who's like, I think he got addicted to painkillers or something, because he used to do all those Gerald Ford impersonations where he'd fall over, and I know he really yeah. messed up his back from what I understand, but same thing, it's like, you, when you're young, everybody's like, you gotta be careful, and you're like, no, because if you hurt yourself, you're like, that's okay, it's okay, I'll be fine in like an hour, you know, but yeah, you heal quickly. But yeah. you think you do. But your body is just racking them up. It's just like, okay, all right. Yeah. You think I'm we're going to bring yeah. this one back in about 10 years don't worry about it it's coming you know And it's just like slowly stacking that deck to bring it back up to you oh you remember you remember that time in 1996 when you flipped over that bar in the gym well okay time to pay the piper you know and then you're like no and you're in bed for a week for an old injury that you didn't even know that you got really hurt on yeah thanks
0: yeah i yeah i never never really had anything sneak up on me but uh Learn, he, he taught me how to fight. I, I never really got in another fight with anyone else. I think it was one kid I got in a fight with. I don't even remember what it was in fifth or sixth grade. And, you know, you don't really fight and punch each other like a boxing match. You just kind of wrestle around and, you know, and try and do that when you're that age. So, uh, but So I wouldn't really call it a fight. We're just kind of messing around more than being angry at each other so but that was the only fight i ever got in got into at school
1: or whatever and it was after school you know so i used to get myself into fights i got into a lot of fights not like fist fights my mouth you know i'm pretty quick-witted and i would talk big game and i would get a lot of people pissed at me but then i could easily talk myself out of a fight too You know, Ah, and that's I would uh, I learned to do that pretty quick because I was terrified of actually getting into a fight. I didn't want to get beat up at all. And I, you know, I'm kind of a pacifist. uh, Well, I'm obviously a pacifist, but I've always been that way. So I never really wanted to get into a fight. But when we were really young, I did stick up for my brother a lot because he he used to be he used to have like uh, chronic ear infections. Right. So he had tubes put in his ears and his ears were very sensitive and it made him. You know, he couldn't hear very well, and if he – like all it would take is somebody to touch his ear, and he was on the ground because he, he was so sensitive, and it would hurt him. And I remember one kid was picking on him in Texas when we were growing up, and this kid just it started hitting him in the ear. And I got pissed, and I grabbed one of those giant-ass Texas pine cones, you know, that we have there that are mm-hmm. like like watermelon size, And I chucked it at this kid's head, and it hit the side of his head and cut his head. And the kid got mad, ran at me, kicked me in the balls – So hard that I flew through our closed door into the laundry room and slid across the floor and I just started screaming because I thought that he had permanently damaged me, you know, and I was like, oh, And my parents were sleeping. We were this was in the morning on the weekend and I ran in there and I was screaming to my parents that I was never going to be able to have kids because this guy had kicked me in the balls so hard and that kind of stuff I used to, you know, I would stick up for my brother. One time we got into a rock fight and that was bad because I did get hit in the side of the head with a rock and we were getting in yeah. like, you know, like Stephen King's it, right? You know, it's like the kids really, there were these bully kids in the neighborhood. We didn't grow up in a one of the neighborhoods we lived in, what really wasn't great. And uh, we were playing and these kids came over and tried to like, kick us off of the playground that we were playing in. It was like some old church playground that nobody was at on the, on Saturdays. So we would go over there and play. And uh, we got mad about it. we just started throwing rocks at them, which stupid. I mean, these little like, and they were pretty big pebbles too. Like I get, there were those round stones that you like put down in flower beds, but they were all over the place there around all the trees and stuff. So we were just grabbing those and chucking rocks at each other really hard too. Like somebody could have lost an eye I mean, it was it was bad. Nobody got really seriously hurt, but we were definitely bloody after that one. That was probably the most like I would say aggressive fight I ever got into. Never got into an actual like fist fight though. You know, like you said. Like, yeah, yeah never never did that. Kinda glad. But it'd be interesting to do that and like under you know, understand how that feels to be in an actual fist fight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think my brother and I did enough damage to each other. So I kind of knew what it was like, <laughs> right. you know, and this one kid I wrestled around, <laughs> this one kid I wrestled around with, it was like, I'm, you know, it's like, I don't know that either of us won, but we weren't really weren't hurting each other that much. Cause I was like, my brother's way tougher than this kid. Um, so I don't, I don't know, but, uh. I don't know. Boys fight. That's what happens. Brothers fight. That's 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 what happens. So I don't know. The ro- so therefore the Rocky movies resonated with me a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Than if I was a single child or, or you know only really had a sister or something like that. Uh, so I don't know. Th- those songs come on. I see the movie come on. You know, just a lot of just like any movie of your childhood comes back to you, flooding back to you of, of of watching those as a kid and thinking about those things. So I don't know. Watching those things made me think about that today. So. Yeah.
1: So you, did you watch that today? You went back and revisited Rocky yeah. for today? Oh nice.
0: Yeah, I don't know, I just like the movie and everything, the whole series and uh and one interesting thing about it, uh, you know, being a filmmaker, you probably this might interest you is that they film the boxing scenes backwards. Apparently it's easier to take off the bloody makeup and all that stuff and it looks better if they start out with it all messed up and everything and then they shoot you know, the rounds going from whatever it was, 15 back to one. And that's how they shot all those, uh, boxing scenes.
1: That's strange. I wonder why. I mean, I, I, the only thing I can think of is that they get so sweaty doing, shooting over and over again. And that Mm -hmm. if you put the makeup on as you go, it gets harder and harder when you're sweating and getting, you have to completely clean them up and then try to make them look worse. So I guess, but that is interesting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't normally think that that's the case. Um, yeah. But they shoot them no, in sequence, Sylvester- but backwards though. But it is all shot in sequence, right? Like so they shoot they would shoot right. everything in that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so they start
0: out with round fifteen where they're the yeah. worst and most blood and the most damage wow. and everything. And then I-, I remember Sylvester Stallone, you know, some behind the scenes something or other mm-hmm. saying, "Oh He's yeah, we shoot them backwards because it. it looks. I-, I guess it looks better on film when you take it off rather than putting it on and and advancing it, but." I don't know. That's, I just remember him saying that. Interesting. And then some of those, sh- and some of those shots, you know, with him and Dolph Lundgren, yeah. those are real shots. They're really hitting each other, really hard. Right. Well, and I mean, Sylvester
1: I know... Stallone. Oh, they're hitting each got, other hard too. They're not marking it. They're, they're actually really hitting each other hard.
0: S- they're actually hitting each other, and then they have, you know, there's different weight um, weights of the gloves. I think they have eight ounce gloves, twelve ounce gloves, what have you. And these gloves were like you know you can't use these gloves anymore cuz you can really cause a lot of brain damage the ones they were using in the film and you see Dolph Lundgren really hitting him in the head and then um there was another behind the scenes thing and Sylvester Stallone says oh man i felt that in my butt it was like a you know shot of pain from his head all the way down his spine you know when and that's on and that's on the film and everything and then he got so injured one time they had to lift him to a hospital, and he almost. Sylvester Stallone almost died from oh one of these hits that yeah. they were doing because they were. I guess they were filming some of it, and Dolph Lundgren he's holding back, he's not really hitting him that hard, and it, you know so therefore it doesn't look that good on camera. And Sylvester Stallone like no, hit me really, hit me, you know, and then he really hit him, and it really almost killed
1: a guy so you know there's a reason um, we're not supposed to do that stuff i mean I, I, was, I was like god bless them they the stuff they go through is it's amazing it is amazing what they do and that's why you know they deserve an academy award honestly they, they yeah. deserve a category they should be getting it i mean that work is so hard it's so hard and people do not give them enough credit and they do way more than some people think some people think it's the lead actor doing it and most almost always it's not but Oh my god, it is crazy. Um you know even even if you're supposed to fake hit somebody, sometimes you do have to mark it, you know, and you'll you'll pull the punch, which means you're still making contact, like you can still get hurt, but you're trying you're pulling it back at the last minute, so you're not just following through, but you're trying to make it look and it is a skill to make that look right. And usually when you're doing a right. stunt, it's the person receiving on the receiving end that really sells the stunt, right?
0: Right. We, when we were yeah.
1: shooting Shadowbound, you remember Shadowbound? <laughs> I love Shadowbound. Yeah. When we were shooting yeah. Shadowbound, which we worked on together, um we were shooting that scene out at the um at the bonfire at the end in the last episode in the, in episode 5. Yep. If you're watching the series, it's episode 5. If you're watching the movie, it's near the end of the movie. And um it's the I'm being held by one of the henchmen of the bane bad guy um, who's a, a really great guy that uh, and he had you know like a scar through his eyes this is really quiet henchman guy but and I didn't know him very well but he really wanted it to look real I'm supposed to hit him with my head and knock him backwards and get free and then I start fighting right with the bad guys well he was when we were shooting, you know. I'm directing too, you know, trying to make sure everything's going well. And, you know, he's holding me. And right before, you know, we're rolling and he's like, Nathan, I want you to really hit me. And I'm like, what? And he's like, hit me, just really hit me. I want it to look good. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I know. And he's like, come on, come on. And he was like really wanting me to hit him because he wanted it to look good. And I'm like, dude, first of all, this is black and white. Second of all, we're going to put filters on this thing to make it look like it's a movie from the 20s. So it's going to be a little fuzzy. It's not going to be really crisp and clear. It in black and white. Nobody's going to see my head actually hit you. And if you start bleeding all over me, I don't want that. I, you know, and we got, you know, I had to like convince the guy to to not like try to put his face up when I'm putting my head back, you know, because I really <laughs> did not want to make an extra commitment. Him. That's yeah. true commitment. Yeah. 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 And I actually talked to him the other day about this because he called me to talk about some other uh, project that we're, we're talking about. And he was, you know we were talking about things from that movie and you know weird things that happened and i was like yeah i can't believe you you really wanted me to hit you you know in that and he was i was like that's the only thing that i really remember being very strange you know with you and being like hey i don't i don't want to do that and he was like i just wanted it to look real and i'm like i get it but it's not you know i want to be professional i don't want to have you if something god forbid went wrong and i broke your nose or something or made your nose go up into your brain and you died or you got really hurt and we had to airlift you to, i mean it not only it would ruin the shoot it would waste everybody's time, and it would hurt you, and then I'd be responsible as the producer of the movie for the bills. It's like, there's reasons people yeah. don't do shit like that, you know? <laughs> so even on an indie movie, yeah. when things go, I mean, look at this this whole thing with the the gun um, on set for, oh, rust. for rust, you yeah. know? It's like there are precautions put in place for a reason, and especially, you know, even on a Union movie, which, which Shadowbound wasn't, but... You know, when you're doing a professional movie and you don't want – you don't bend the rules. The rules are there especially with that kind of stuff, with safety things. Those are there for a reason. And whenever, you know, whenever something is bent, you know, or too lax and and fail-safes are not put into place, then people can get really hurt or killed. And and there's a reason that you don't do stuff like that. Um, It should always be adhered to. Well, and that makes –
0: and it makes me remember uh, Brandon Lee oh too. jesus uh, that's the, horrible the crow, same right. same same situation yep. why the hell are there live rounds anywhere near this well, movie set. Why are they even
1: there? Well, in his was a little different live from rounds. what I understand. I don't think it was a live round in his. I think he got hit with the wad, didn't he? Didn't he get killed by the the wad coming out of the gun because it was too close to him? I can't remember if that because I know Rust was a live round, but I didn't know for some reason I was thinking that Brandon uh, Lee was killed by a, a the wad in the gun because it still can fire if you're not careful, and it shouldn't have been. Pointed at at him, or I can't remember. It was it's been a bit, but you know. And anymore, you know, I I was listening to another podcast that I absolutely love, um, uh, Post Mortem with uh, Mick Garris, and he always interviews great horror directors, filmmakers, actors, and and musicians and stuff. And um, they were talking about this issue on a Q and A, and I thought it was really great. Um, but they, he was they were basically making the statement that. I think the union is actually going into meetings now to talk about this, but is there a need to even have live rounds anymore or, or, or even even blanks on set anymore because you can do it all digitally and it looks real? It, I mean, you don't get the fire yeah. back, but you can still act like it's there and you can have sound effects on set live, but you don't really need any more. There, with the advent of great special effects that we have, we just you don't even really need a gun to go off on set. It's not necessary. Yeah. I mean, guns in general on a set are not necessary at all anymore. Right. Like to have any, even yeah. a blank pistol, it's just not, you know, theater is a whole different animal there um, because you want the, you know, you, you need it to, to be well, loud that, or whatever, but but a blank pistol on stage that's properly checked and everything, it's it's a little different than in a movie. Well, and you could use a, cat even on on
0: stage, you could use a cap gun. I was like, okay, it doesn't sound like a bullet going off, but
1: you, everybody gets the sound effect. Yeah, you know? and, I don't and know. Yeah, I, I understand that. The cap gun thing—I've used cap guns on stage before, and it, it always bothers me. But there's different kinds of cap guns that, that it you can can use. You don't like it because it doesn't sound authentic. Because it sounds so much like a most like if you get a cap gun from a store, you know, and you paint it to look real or whatever, it sounds so mm-hmm. goofy when you're shooting it that oh. it actually can take the audience out of it, and they could be sitting there snickering because your cap gun sounds like yeah. pow pow, you know, and somebody's like <laughs> o- overacting like they're dying, and you're like. Come on. You know, so... uh, yeah a cap gun but there are different kinds of of caps that they make that you can get some and but i mean a blank a, a true blank pistol i mean usually on stage you're not having machine guns or you know semi-automatics yeah. and stuff typically you know you have a revolver or something which you check re- repeatedly and it's usually one like you don't have big massive shootouts in plays for the most part unless you're doing like a yeah. martin mcdonough piece or something where they have like you know crazy shootouts like uh i think the lieutenant of inishmore has a huge shootout at the the end of it this play I've been wanting to do that play yeah. actually but
0: yeah and here's another aspect that made me think uh, made me think of this talking about all this at the end of Fargo uh, where the movie um, Francis McDomertch's yeah yeah movie. Yeah, the movie. I'm sorry, the movie. The end of the movie where she, uh, Frances McDormand is shooting the guy who's running away. You can look down the barrel of the gun and it's all filled up with like cement or something. I was like, that's not a real gun. You can tell that it's wow. a fake oh, you gun can see on it. there. You can see it on film and everything. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see it, but of course, you know, safety issues like that, man. You should do that on these sets. You know, it's not even a working gun, right? It doesn't even work because it's the barrels. The barrels are filled with cement or something. But when you so, there is no possible way a bullet could leave it, leave that gun, right?
1: And when you when when that movie was made, you probably couldn't see that even in the theater. I mean, I saw that movie in the theater. I didn't notice that, but with the advent yeah. of HD, there is a lot of things now that we see that you couldn't see before. Like if you go back and you watch right. the HD transfers of like Star Trek, the next generation, you can see like seams in people's makeup. You can see like black duct tape covering the, uh, really advanced technical screens and, and shit like that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Hold on. I just had a,
0: we got a lighting issue. For those of you listening, Nathan's working on his light. There we go. We're something back up just <laughs> happened on my computer, and
1: I thought everything crashed, but it didn't. So I'm good. I'm here. I'm all here. right. But yeah, on Star Trek: The Next Generation, you can see that. You can see like the the illuminated screens and stuff. You can tell that they're just illuminated yeah. screens, and sometimes just to hold them together, they've got like black pieces of gaff tape on it or something. And that's all things yep. that you could not, you couldn't see that when it was on television because we didn't have HD. We didn't even know right. the you know, to to me, Star Trek when I I mean you probably remember this too, but when Star Trek The Next Generation was on, it was like so crisp and clean. We were like, wow, this looks fantastic. You know, it looks amazing. Yeah. And I thought this is where modern you know, you could tell movies from the 80s because they were a little bit grainier. And you're like, oh, so like nineties movies are, you know, late 80s, early nineties movies, you know, and then late nineties movies, you can always tell there's just a quality difference. And then now you go back and you watch some movie from nineteen ninety nine or two thousand, and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> "Like holy shit, this looks this looks so dated." Um, my we yeah. were trying to watch a movie last night. Um, I was wanting to. I was wanting to. We were going to watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and my kids. Sure, my son was like, "I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang." By the way, I love Shane Black. I yeah. really do. His writing and the movies, I just love it. So we're going to watch Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. And my son was like, I don't want to watch an old movie. And I'm like, it's not an old movie. It's a new movie. He's like, it's a new (laughs) movie. And uh, yeah, and he was like, Dad, this is from 2005. It is an old movie. And I'm like, well, holy shit, I guess you're right. To you, this is a very old movie. I mean, you know, he was born in 2009. So it was pre him, you know? And I'm like, oh, my God. Because to me, an old movie is like something from the 70s. Like I don't maybe yeah. early 80s now I can consider to be an old movie 80 in the 80s but a yeah. 90s movie is like pushing it for me to be an old movie and the 2000s yeah. definitely is not a fucking old movie I'm that is sorry. Not an it's old not. Movie, sorry it's not sorry it's not but you know we watched the trailer and he's just like no nah, I don't really feel like watching an old movie and I was like god I weep for the future
0: yeah <laughs> Wow, to can be to, to, for that movie to be considered old, I, that makes me feel old. Wow, that is not, well, or you know, that, is, the fact that he thinks that it's you know.
1: pushing twenty years though, two thousand five,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, doesn't seem as long ago though.
1: <laughs> that's I don't crazy know. to me. Yeah, but I, I mean, will say, uh,
0: but what you were saying earlier about um, movies, uh, you know, movies from the nineties or something like that, we thought they looked so good, but now you look at them one movie i saw recently that i thought was amazing and i still think it's amazing but you go back and look at it and like that's not near as awesome as it is as what they are now was the first matrix movie oh and yeah. you go back and watch some of that stuff and i'm like whoa cuz you see the new one the new one that just came out and it's just unbelievable spe- you know spectacularly looking
1: i haven't uh, seen the movie, new one yet is it good
0: it's 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 a thinker. I had to watch it a couple of times to really get what they were going for. Um, huge fan of that series even though they kind of dropped the ball a bit on the second and third one. But the first one sets it up perfect, the perfectly. The first one's an Lots amazing of, movie. Amazing. And the con- yeah, and the whole concept of it was was was, you know, it's why it was so popular and everything. But like you watch it now and it, man, whoa. Special effects come a long way just in that franchise alone. Uh, you know, you see, because I watched the new one and then I went back and watched that first one. Like, oh, Whoa, that, that seems ancient, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they I'd realized they made a whole lot of breakthrough things that thing with bullet time and the slow motion stuff, right? And the, they innovated know, that, all that, circular that. yeah, that thing. was yeah. all
1: created for that and then was used in everything after that. It's like, you know, if you go back and I okay, I love Lord of the Rings, right? It's still one of my favorite If you can all three of those movies in one giant film is still in my top 10. Maybe top five sometimes. I, I have a rotating list movies of all time because i can com- I combine them into one story. And I just think, how great it is of an adaptation and how perfect those movies are in so many ways, the casting and the cinematography and the music and everything is just, and the effects. And I think it's because they blended so perfectly digital effects and practical effects. And that is the key to me. Um, you know, whenever I teach a makeup class or anything like that, um, I'm always talking about that, how the best of the best things, it's not all digital or, you know, you know, the, the digital enhances what's actually in the frame. And I think that's where we really get something that feels real and, and visceral and emotional is because there's something real behind, you know, that was in the shot of the camera that actually got in the lens and that those movies you know the first one came out like i think the same year or within the within around a year's time of the first harry potter movie and episode 1 and it was this little company out of new zealand weta right and weta weta not weta weta and um it blew industrial light and magic out of the water like if you go back and you look at that episode 1 Um, star Wars, the Phantom Menace, and you go back and you look at that first Harry Potter movie, they look like Nintendo games, like old school NES Nintendo games compared to the graphics and the effects in Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring, the Balrog sequence, all of that. I mean, it's amazing. And they created a lot of the, and innovated a lot of the stuff there too. I think mass, is it massive? that they created, which is like that program that like randomizes large crowds and groups of people. I can't remember what it's called, but that's, that's what I'm thinking. My Daryl would know this. Our friend Daryl Clanch is a, you know, oh, yeah. a, a VFX guy, which we're going to have on the show sometime. Cause he's awesome. And I love hearing his stories about the industry and working on things. Oh. He has worked on everything from Marvel movies like yourself to great TV shows as well. I think he's done, you know, he does a lot of like bullet hits and stuff for like walking dead and, and shit like that. But, um, you know, we talk about VFX stuff a lot and, and practical effects because I'm a practical effects guy, you know, and he's a visual effects guy. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's called Massive. And they, they innovated that and the, the also the fire that was on the Balrog and stuff. Because pre-Lord of the Rings, fire looked so shitty in movies. It really did. Yeah. Like, it yeah. always looked like cartoons, like Roger Rabbit. You yeah. know, it's like this is just layered in and trying to make it look real. just never quite worked. Um but then after Lord of the Rings they had really done just some amazing things. And I go back and I know it's got a lot of filters and it kind of looks, you know, what what we would consider the marvely kind of look nowadays, but I still love the VFX and the 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 practical effects in those Lord of the Rings movies, not the Hobbit no. movies, very different. I am not a fan of the Hobbit Ah, movies. I never got into the Hobbit movies. It's all digital. I never could get into it. It doesn't feel like the same world even to me. But I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I love them. And I still do. And the VFX and everything, it's just, ah, it's like transports me to another world. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, I hear you on that one. And one shot that I was always impressed with, and I think I saw some of the behind the scenes on it, was Gandalf and Frodo on the wagon at the in the very first movie with the force perspective. perspective. Yeah, in the force perspective, I was like, because it's two normal human beings, but yep. one's a normal human being and one's supposed to be. You know, and, and Frodo and everything, and then, but you see that being, a am like, wow, that is amazing camel work and how they do that, and yep. it just looks so seamless on the, yep. just what you're saying, it looks so good to what they did, and then he's Gandalf's inside the house, and he actually, um, he actually hit his head on the ceiling, and they right. left it in, like it was, it was an accident, but he actually did oh. it on uh, as an accident, and they left it in the movie. But some of that stuff, the perspective of of the, yep. you know, the little guys and
1: little guys and normal people, that amazing, amazingly good stuff. That whole know. sequence at the table where he's eating with Frodo or with Bilbo, um, with Ian Holm. God, God, I miss Ian Holm. One of my favorite character actors of all time. I, was, I love oh, him. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Ian, that scene with Ian Holm where they're at the table, you know, and he's given the speech about, the, I feel thin, Gandalf, like butter spread over too much bread, all that stuff. Well, he's that whole sequence with a, it had a moving camera and so parts of the table moved with the camera and parts of it were it was all forced perspective so its parts of it were close up with like giant apples and and shit like that and then some of it you know to make gandalf look big and and bilbo look small you know he was farther away but they had to make it all look like and they they did that whole thing in that movie with what they called bigatures which were Regular people in stilts with these large arms and hands on because we wouldn't see them except from like, you know, the maybe the shoulder or the. Torso down, amidst all the little uh, all the hobbits that had to look like they were really tiny, but they didn't do it digitally. They only did digital stuff when they absolutely had to. And God, that's what makes that movie so awesome because it really yeah. when they bump into somebody and they're really big and they've just got this large puppet hand that's so well done, it looks real. And they touch them on the shoulder or something. It's like, oh my God, it was so believable, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, I I just I don't know if today. You know, today they don't put that much effort into things. It's more like, oh, we got to get this. Do-. Like even the Hobbit movies, it's like, oh, we don't have a huge schedule. We got to just shoot this shit. So we don't have time to really plot and plan and develop this stuff or to make it work. We just have to do it digitally because it's easy. And I hate that. I really hate just because it's easier. It doesn't mean it's better. In fact, usually it means it's worse, honestly. Right. It it always does. And you know, like I know, well, Ian Ian McKellen had a terrible time on the new movies, on the Hobbit movies. Because, like, I, I heard he even had a breakdown shooting it because it was all green screen, and he was just like, "I don't understand what I'm doing." Like, please, you you know, I need. Ugh, I couldn't imagine.
0: Well, and that's why the three, you know, original Star Wars movies will always be the best. It's because it's models and actual practical things. I mean, like the asteroid sequence and Empire Strikes Back. It's actual rocks and potatoes and models and stuff, and it's real stuff. Makes it look ten times better, you know. I mean, obviously, the 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 you know the visual effects stuff did not exist at that time, so they had to do that. But then like, you're talking about Phantom Menace* and and other movies, and now all the stuff with *The Mandalorian* and that new thing where they can make them look anywhere. I was like, it still looks fake um to me it does anyway i know it's a revolutionary technology but the real stuff always looks yep. better the models always. the miniatures always looks better you know that's why uh, i love then...
1: the mandalorian <laughs> oh. if you if you look at the mandalorian and you look at um the what is it the book of boba fett they are doing those with practical effects on set on purpose to get back to what the like the the lived in feel of of the original star wars and i think that is brilliant, and that I think is one of the reasons that those shows specifically have resonated so greatly with fans, because when they go into the cantina, there's people with makeup in there. There's animatronics. There's puppets. That It's not just CG characters floating around in this world that look real polished and sleek and can't move like real people or real entities, and then they enhance that with a little bit of digital work, you know, here and there. But you, I mean, those things feel real. I mean, even, is it what is is its name the the little the little puppet that was the the little mini Yoda I can't remember its name Gro, Grogu, Grogu or something like that Grogo Grogu, Grogu. 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 Yeah. I don't know. yeah, Something like But that. that was a real yeah. puppet. It wasn't digital. It was so smooth. A lot of times it looked digital, but it wasn't. It was a puppet. Oh, Like I think 99% of the time it was a puppet. And I think, how right. cool is that? I mean, look at what we can yeah. do. We can have it blink. We can have realistic looking facial features that are like moving. And I mean, we've come so far with what we can do physically with visual effects or with uh, with practical effects that there we don't have to make everything uh, you know animated we should blend the two together when necessary and then tell real stories real grounded stories with real like human heart in them and soul you know and and that's what gets an audience into it but studios don't see that they're just like ah this you know, it's too too difficult to figure that stuff out. And we have to plan too much. Let's just we need to get this out by next summer because if we don't, then we're not going to make money. And just here's a billion dollars. Go make this movie, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's, and I'll keep
0: referencing Star Wars because I love the original series, and I do love the newer movies too. But the original series, the original trilogy, will always be my favorite. Um, when they were making Empire Strikes Back, you know, they actually had Yoda as a puppet, and the people on set were talking to f- talking to yoda more than they were talking to frank oz who was the <laughs> voice and the puppeteer of yoda like yeah the you know people just working on the set like he's talking through yoda and everything because people were more responding to the puppet than to him i was like that's how good it was and that's how good it looked yeah you know but and then they and then they fully digitized yoda Ugh. for you know some of those and he looked bad kind of like he looked bad in the He looked bad you know he did I was like man look at look at look at Empire. Look how good it is because it's a real puppet. Yeah. I was like, okay, he's doing all the flips and the lightsaber work and everything in that thing. I was like, that's kind of cool but just doesn't look near as good as, you know, obviously real puppets and stuff, so. Totally. It's Disappointing, but technology is uh, inevitable in all, in all of these things. They want right. to, you know, we've already talked about AI is like, can we do, the, do this or should we do this? You know, it's, it's that same old argument. So yeah, um, totally. you know, I was like, let's try and see if we can do it all with CGI. Forget the practical, practical effects. But I do love what you're saying that they're integrating them now more so. Yeah. It's a bit of both.
1: horror fan and I think all the real true horror buffs out there have always been screaming about practical effects and how practical effects are are the way to go and how like we want our we want our werewolf movies to have a you know a werewolf in them not like a digital werewolf like that shit movie cursed that was awful yeah and basically took out yeah. Rick Baker's studio but like you know they we want things that are really in the camera and I think, now I think there's enough push for that and and people complain enough that they've really been doing – and it's easier because of the advent of all these great – Uh, products out there and, and things that it's actually easier to build things and make them look realistic than it used to be. So since the technology is there to do it, why not do it? Why not? You know, I mean, we know we can make things look digital, but it still doesn't look real yet. It's getting there. I mean, there's still, I mean, oh my God, you can do some amazing things digitally, but when it comes to actual people and characters and things, the best is when it's integrated, and I think v f x people also feel the same way i mean every v f x person that I know, and I'm sure you know a lot of v f x people being out there in l a too and working on different things um I know a whole bunch of people that that do that, and every all all of them it's like yeah, they love v f x stuff obviously, and they admire it, but they also see how great it is when they are combined, when they're you know utilized together with solid performances, solid directors who understand how to shoot. VFX and how to shoot action shots and, and everything. You know, it's it's filmmaking is just such a collaborative art form, all in all, and to so takes such artistry from every single level of it that, you know, if you have a rock solid team of people doing something, I mean you can really make something magical and tell an amazing story. But it has to have the yeah. character or the heart. Otherwise it's hollow. And there's so many movies that are made today that are hollow because they don't get that, and they just are about the the visual fluff. But you, I mean, some of the Marvel movies feel like that to me. It's just like visual fluff, action crap. It's just boring, and bl- but then you look at movies like I, I, I'll just mention James Gunn's movies that you were involved with the the second one with the Guardians of the Galaxy. There's, I love those movies, and I know that there's people that don't, but to me those movies are set aside from the typical um, Marvel movies, um, and there's a few others that I think are like this too, but it's beautiful to look at, it's super bright and colorful, it has great music and great score, I mean great music, some of the best music in any Marvel, because they're using like all sorts of different you know genre tunes and stuff, but it also has a lot of heart. To it, and and it's yeah. about real, real characters going through some things, and they did use a lot of practical effects. I know that James Gunn really uses, you know, makeup where he can. He uses practical on-set things. He builds sets. They do everything they can in the camera, and everything else gets built outside. And I, I just, ugh, praise it, praise it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 I,
0: and one thing I saw recently, which is, again, absolutely stunning, was that movie Encanto. And it was like the most recent animated film by Disney. man. And you're watching some of these things. You're watching like the hair and the clothes move around, and it's so unbelievably detailed. It's like you can can do amazing things with animation, you know, visual effects and everything. But as far as live action stuff, you know, I'd much rather – see practical things you know mixed in with what you're saying you know the the digital stuff because it it because once you start noticing it, it takes you out of it yeah it takes me out of it it's like because no, I notice it's was like oh that just looks bad or it looks weird and something's wrong with it you know and I'm starting to notice this rather than paying attention to what the character saying what the story you know supposed to be. So it that's I think that's part of the experience too. Is like keep the audience into it by making it look as good as possible, so they you know just get drawn in the movie more and, and enjoy it more because it's that good rather than just kind of you know half as it visually uh,
1: or 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 cheap it out physically uh, you know visually. You know, speaking on these same lines, you you brought up animation and um, you know, and we're not ta- now I'm I'm you know. Talking specifically about animation in a completely animated world, not in a um, not in a, in a live action thing that things are animated in. But do you ever yeah. watch anime? Do you you know? Do you ever get into that? Have you ever? I've I've never
0: gotten into it. People recommend it all the time. Is sure. How good the stories are, and and how good some Depending. of the music is, and everything. It, you know, and I have lots of very different tastes, and I'll give anything a try. You know, somebody recommends it to me, you recommend something to me, I will give it a try. A new series, I always give it at least three episodes, but I've, I've never that. That's one aspect
1: of entertainment I never really got into was anime as a whole. But I have watched some of it. I'm right there with you, man. Okay, so I never got into anime. I had some really good friends in college who were super into it. And I just couldn't get into it, right? Uh, They would tell me to watch some things. I'd watch some things with them. And I was just like, yeah, okay. You know, it has a certain style. Like when I was a kid, when we were kids, Voltron was on, you know, and we'd watch Voltron. That was about as anime as I could get. And that was pretty mainstream, right? But then you get into like Vampire Hunter D. I watched that in college. And I thought, that's as cool. But it's really stylized, and it's like I had this idea of what anime was. Well, my kids are both teenagers, you know, and both my kids are really into anime, and their friends are really into anime. So they got me into anime, and now I ha- I can safely say I'm very into anime. Not all anime, but there's some things I like that I, I, I mean, I really love. There's some tropes in there that you're just like, okay, God, this is the typical anime thing they're gonna do, you know, like, explaining exactly what's going through their head and what their style is and all that stuff before they fight or whatever, But there is one show that I could tell you is unlike any other anime that I have seen that – I and I think the world might agree with me right now too because I just heard that it's – Finley, my son, was telling me the other day that it might have surpassed – it might've surpassed Breaking Bad as having the most watched episode or, or the most highly rated episode or something on, I don't know. Um, cause Ozymandias, oh. the episode of Breaking Bad, which is another one of my favorite shows was like the highest watched show of episode of any show I think ever or something. But attack on Titan just beat beat it, I think. And I will say, I, and, and I'm not sure cause I'm not, I didn't read the article or whatever Finley was telling me this, but and he finds a lot of random facts online from weird sites, and I'm like, that is absolutely not true, Finn. He's like, yeah, it says so right here, and I'm like, yeah, but you're on like moviepoopshoot.com, like what the hell? Okay. So, but he, um, but no, I have to say, Attack on Titan is a brilliant, brilliant show. That is, it's right up there with the world building of like you know Game of Thrones or like you know i don't know some of those really intricate shows that like things just like the oa or something like i love the oa too where things are just like twisty turny like what's really happening it's so intricate with its world building and and characterizations it's unlike it's unlike anything i have ever seen um I, and it's and it happens to be animated and it is animated in a beautiful style two different companies did it because it starts with one company and then it changed to another part way through its run it's in its last season now, and it is getting ready to end. Um, and But the story is so emotionally impacting and beautiful, and it says a lot about humanity and about our desire for war and our desire to separate ourselves from others, but also our desire to fight until the bitter end to try to make things right. It is about all the big things that make us human, right? And all the little things, all the interconnections and the people in our lives. And it is, it is gut-wrenching at times. It is horrific at times it is action packed and thrilling and i i can eat this show up i could watch this show over and over again and not get bored because there's always something to go back and watch because when you find out what like all these things you know it's like oh my god this has been happening the whole time and that's been happening the whole time and Holy God! If I could, if anybody wants to give an anime a, a chance, Attack on Titan is the way to go, in my in my opinion, and I I strongly urge okay. you to check out Attack on Titan. Uh, right now, the new se- the last half of the last season is on. Uh, it's only in Japanese right now; they haven't put the the dubbed version on. But if you if you go back, you can binge it. You know, I think it's on Hulu. In parts of it are on Netflix, depending, you know, but I think it's all on Hulu. And um, okay, man, man, it's and the music. Is amazing in it. You'll really love it They have in a lot of animes they switch up their themes like halfway through a season. So the first, like sometimes it's with storylines and sometimes it's just halfway through a season they'll they'll have one theme and then they'll change it and they do the same with the ending credits. So it's not the same theme the whole time. And you know, a lot of anime have really they they made fun of it on South Park and other shows. Like anime themes can be kind of goofy. This show, it's epic. It's epic. Their themes okay. are epic, and they only get more epic. And they're shot like they're—I say shot like it's actual cinematography. It's not. It's animated, but it feels like it's shot in a camera. And the the way they move around the characters and everything, it is. Oh, Brian, it is. I can't. I can't say anything else other than if I could sum it all up in one word, epic. You have well, to check it out because I'd love to talk to you about. it. Well,
0: if you're going off on it this much and you like it this much, now I have to watch it because I, I really respect your opinion about these things. You have and to. you know, so and and I've checked. You know, that's why I say I always check things out. People give me a recommendation, of course I'll check this out. But if, if you're you, if you're, you're gushing, if you're gushing this much <laughs> over it, I'm sure I'll love it too, dude. If
1: you will give it three episodes, like you said, you know, three. Oh. you give it three to five episodes. I think you'll be hooked on it too, and then it only gets better okay. from there you
0: know it yeah, always gets better it doesn't matter even if i don't like it like you, within the first episode whatever the series is whatever it is i, I will always give it at least 3 cuz he's like you watch the first couple episodes some of my favorite tv series of all times and man they're just clunking around oh my and God, it's just i know it takes a while so to so find your voice made. in tv you know exactly
1: so I was like, always give it three. That's my that's my rule for a new new series. I I do I'll do you one better. I usually give the entire first for the most part. If something really turns me off, I won't. But because you know my time is precious too, and I'm like I don't want to waste my time with this. But usually I will give something a full season, especially if it's like an eight to ten episode season. You know, like most shows are now here. I'll give a, a whole a show a whole first season, and if it hasn't. If it's kind of hooked me, I'll give it part of a second season, right? Because it might get really good. Most shows don't even find their voice until the second or third season. Third so I'll, season. I'll, yeah. I'll do that. But sometimes, I mean, if it's really a turnoff in the first season, you know, I won't do it. Like, you know, okay, everybody loves How I Met Your Mother. No, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. That show sucks. Oh, I've tried so many so times to generic. watch that, and I just yeah. can't. I can't. But then I'm not really a... I'm not really a sitcommy kind of person. I don't I anymore. When I was younger, I would do Seinfeld and Friends and stuff like that, Um, but I I can't. I cannot get into sitcoms. That one
0: was so bland and not funny and not good acting, and it's just and they just it just kept going. It just kept going and going and going. I was like, how does it keep getting renewed? It's not that good. It's just it was totally it, for me It was totally forgettable and i'm like all right that's kind of mildly funny i'm not a comedy writer i'm not a comedic person but i was like I, this is not entertaining me at any level i'm just kind of like annoyed by it so I, I you know i'd catch it every little
1: bits of it every once in a while but yeah i never really yeah. watched that show that much you know it's like it's boring yeah i mean and and i do understand you know i I try not to trash things too much, you know, because it it is my opinion, right? And it's your opinion, and that's it. It's just an opinion. It doesn't mean that the show is actually bad or good or whatever. You know, I I love Attack on Titan. Some people might think it's awful. Some people might just really be turned off because it's anime or whatever, or it has some sort of a heightened drama or something to it. You know, there's always things to pick apart, and there's always things that we can like. And, like, How I Met Your Mother obviously resonates with – a lot of people throughout the world because that show did get renewed so much. And I, when I was taking screenwriting in college, I took a genre class and we were going through and talking about different shows and, and the writing. And I don't remember what we went on. We were talking about some show. We had to analyze an episode of it. And I was just going off on this. And my teacher kind of schooled me a little bit on it and was like, well, you're wrong. You know, you're obviously wrong because of the fact that all these I mean, the show had like six seasons and I and so obviously it did do you know it it was good. and I'm like, well, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, there's a lot of shows out there that I think are isn't good, but it has seasons because people eat it up like popcorn. but people don't always like things that because they're good or bad and good and bad is fucking subjective. Our opinions are yeah. subjective. so my taste, I can't just you know really say something is is good or bad because it is completely subjective and no critic can. And so it drives me nuts when critics are out there telling people like, oh, this is just absolutely horrible or this is good. I mean, half the things I love on IMDb get rotten reviews or, you know, you know, and have people just go at like going off on it. Like this is woke bullshit or whatever. I'm sitting there going, well, you don't like it because it goes against your political views, or you don't like it because you yeah. feel guilty watching it, you know, because it makes you feel bad about yourself yeah. or whatever. So, I don't know. It's all subjective. Well, I,
0: well, and that's the thing. That's another thing. They don't keep shows on the air if they're not getting ratings. If the ratings tank, they usually take them off the air. Yeah, and, but does that mean them with that they're else, bad? Especially, especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Does that mean it's bad? It means good. It doesn't matter. It's making money because people are watching it, and people and their and the advertising. You know, people are paying for the advertising time, uh, so they can sell their stuff during these shows that are seemingly popular because they're getting a lot of ratings. Like that one show, there was it was on for years, and I forget which show was making fun of it. You know, it's, it's like South Park or something. And like, what? Yeah, what about that show, Jag? You know, it's about the Judge Advocate General George. And it was on for like a decade or something. I was like, who's watching that thing? It is so boring, you know? I was like, I appreciate the military and and then having that show. But it just went on for years and years and years. Like It was like a courtroom drama
1: that went on forever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I was like, you know, and I don't like soap opera either. But that it was on the level of that. It was really sappy and and bad dialogue and bad stories. (laughs) But it stayed on the air, yeah, but, so people—it I mean, got ratings.
1: Look at those soap operas. I mean, soap operas are notoriously bad, right? Notoriously over the top yeah. acting. They call it, you know, in the in the you know in the, in the actor circles, we call it sniff your fart acting, right? Because you're like, <laughs> you know, you're turning away from somebody who's talking to you, and you're just. Just really sniffing your own fart. And that's what thats what—that's <laughs> what sniff your fart acting. So it's shitty acting. It's shitty writing. Usually they have to turn that shit around so fast too that like actors don't even have time to memorize their lines. So there's flubs that make it on air. You know, the old show Dark Shadows was a soap opera that was on forever and ever and ever. Yeah. And there are times yeah. that you could see somebody walking in the background that was <laughs> – like not supposed to be in frame like a crewman and they had to leave it in because they didn't have time to edit that shit or you can see a mic or somebody (laughs) will actually hit a mic or bump into somebody and they just have to keep going or they flub a line or forget their line completely and somebody has to save them but they can't cut because there's no time to edit it you know they gotta get it out they're shooting and you know as much as i you know, it's just said Sniff your fart acting, bad acting. It doesn't mean that they're bad actors on the show. It means that they're having to be over the top. It's melodrama. That's the style. But also, kudos to those guys because they're having to memorize shit the an hour before they go on. They're getting sides. Yeah. And they're like, hey, your pages just came in and they've changed. And they're like, okay, you know, and they're having to just figure it out and yeah. do it. That's hard as hell. And nobody understands that that's what they go through. But there's reasons that soap operas are notoriously bad. But you okay, you were talking yeah. really quickly, you were talking about shows that you know go off the air Fox used to get made fun of all the time for canceling really popular shows right they're like oh it's on Fox it'll make it a year if they're lucky you know because Fox just used to cancel shit all the time and before it could even find an audience they'd cancel something after one season or a season and a half this is back when we had like 26 episode seasons though you know and they would just do that it was notorious that they would do that so it was crazy when something like Simpsons could make it as long of a run as it has because it's like wow that's amazing that Fox actually kept something on the air. Well, you know, the show, I, I'm a big Buffy and Angel fan, right? A huge Buffy and Angel fan. Well, Angel, when it got canceled, it was in season five. It was the height of its viewing. They had more viewers that season than any other season, right? The, the, of its. It was super successful, but the powers that be at the station um wanted to get a different, a fresher vampire show on the air or whatever. So they started actually doing a. a forgive the pun, revamping of um, Dark Shadows. They were going to bring Dark Shadows back, and this would have been the third incarnation of Dark Shadows because there was a 90s um, incarnation with Ben Cross that I used to love, right? And it was over the top and silly too. But they, so they were going to bring Dark Shadows back, and they shot a very expensive pilot they canceled angel everybody at angel found out that they were canceled even though i mean that season was epic right they found out they were going to be canceled they were still midway through their season and um and then they shot this pilot which was apparently so expensive that the pilot never got fully finished never aired and um they canceled it before it even got got that far but they'd already canceled angel and everybody had already gotten other jobs and and they you know it had already so they couldn't go back to angel and and i think joss and everybody there at angel was just kind of like fuck you you know you you canceled us and they wrapped that show up i think perfectly it ended on a cliffhanger but it ended it ended better than buffy which knew it was going to end before they even started the season in my opinion um i think angel ended perfectly but There were, like, people going around trying to get Angel back on the air. They're like, please, somebody save this show. Save this show because it was so good, right? And so they quickly – they didn't have a vampire show, and it was their own damn fault. So they quickly rushed around and put this show Moonlight in process, which was exactly – it's a poor man's angel. It was a guy who's a vampire in Los Angeles as a private detective trying to atone for the sins of his past and meeting up with a blonde uh, cop. Who female cop? Who there's this like will they or won't they kind of relationship bullshit? And uh, he's like you know a private investigator by night trying to you know make make amends. And it was shitty and it wasn't good and it was a it was the exact basic premise of the first season of Angel and they just rushed that into development and it made it like two seasons and then they. They ended that but Cancel. it's just that kind of crap it drives me nuts because there's great shows out there like the OA a great show with a clan with a clan with a uh a cult following all over the world trying to save it and Netflix cancels it you know
0: yeah and uh, another one along those same lines a friend of mine is a complete diehard fan uh the same situation was Firefly oh yeah Philly and show. that was a show yeah. that yeah. everybody loved right and and then you know every, you know lots of fan outrage you know they're trying to get it back and then there's some talk about trying to do it again and uh, not going to get all the original actors back or some of them are coming back so forth but well, that was another one I know a lot the of fans trying to get that back on the air yeah, yeah. well and they did yeah, the movie did, to make up for it movie.
1: yeah
0: yeah and they tried to yeah and and but but people love that th- series and probably shouldn't have been canceled
1: but. <sighs> Absolutely shouldn't have been canceled. That was better. That was that show was just finding its tone. It had, you know, and it was a good show if if you're into sci fi. I mean, sci fi to me, I like sci fi, but real, and really, it's not even, I mean, it was sci fi, but it was also like a Western in space, you know? Um, Chinese Western, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, But yeah, I, I don't get it. It's not. Okay. There's another show counterpart. Have you ever seen counterpart? It was on stars counterpart had, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. He was the, the teacher in, um, in, uh, the movie that we talked about on the last episode, The about the drummer, um, Oh Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. What is his name? He played J. Jonah Jameson. I can't think of his name right right offhand. Oh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. I J.K. love J.K. J.K. Simmons. He's a theater yeah. actor too, you know. Yeah. Great, great actor. Um, J.K. Simmons is uh is the lead in this and it's about parallel universes. It's about a well, a parallel universe, and a guy, you know, in these in Germany, and it has this stellar British cast. He's the only American, I think, in it. Um, oh, it's got James Cromwell in it too, later. But it's so amazing and mind bending, and it's it's like espionage and like uh, kind of action-y and spy and like oh it's it was a, such a cool concept and it was it was just getting off the ground and they had two amazing seasons with these killer actors and it actually had a lot of uh, a lot of interest but the network felt like it was too male like oh. it, it didn't have enough female perspective <laughs> even though. The main character in the it was J.K. Simmons and his wife, and and she there were actually two strong, amazing women characters in the show, but they didn't feel like it. It was female enough; they had a female in a perspective, and they were really trying to to get that bent with um, with um, their shows on stars. So they just canceled it, and, in the and. Everybody was waiting on the third season. It kind of ended and we were all like, is it going to be, you know, what's going to, I can't wait till the third season. And then it's like, psych, it's gone. And start <laughs> and other places were trying to get it. They're like, will they save it? I think it's still, people are still talking about like, can this show be saved? Cause it only ended a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. Like right before COVID. And it's like, can this show be saved? Can it? Because it is so interesting and so good. And it, it got canceled for a stupid reason. And you know, it's, it's so it's not just ratings, they cancel things for all sorts of reasons that don't have anything to do with ratings all the time. But yeah, it's like, well, or the potential of ratings, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's like there's the art side of things and there's the money side of things. And inevitably, right. money always wins because it is a business first and foremost, it's a show business. The show aspect is why we all get into it, but the business <laughs> aspect is what wins in the end.
0: Well, and these days, okay, you want to cancel a show, take it off of Netflix, take it off the air. You got fifty shows to choose from to replace it. You know, it's like there's no shortage of stuff to replace stuff that if it's not if not working for whatever reason, financial, creative, creativity differences, you know, things like that. You got plenty of stuff. People are making more stuff than ever these days. So if it does get canceled, you got plenty of stuff that that take its place. So. I think people, you know, executives, whoever's making these these decisions, you know, really don't care that much. All they say, what's going to make us the most money? What's going to get us the most ratings? This one isn't. We got twenty right here to choose from. One of them's bound to work, you know. So
1: I, I think there's a lot of that going on more so than ever. So. Yeah. Well, listeners, uh, you know, what we've been talking a lot about the shows that we like and the reasons that they get canceled and uh we're it's time now for us to kind of wrap up the show. Uh but uh you know, if you uh would like to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh hit us up on our social media. Uh it's in the show notes or or by email. Um let us know, you know, what you're watching, what you think about some of the things that we talked about today. What's your stance on uh digital uh versus uh practical effects? How do you feel about those Star Wars movies? You know, and, and uh the first three. Are you uh are you a original trilogy fan over the the new ones, or are you you know one of those people that absolutely uh defends uh George Lucas and his take on going back and redoing things? Um we can get into lots of fights about this stuff, and I, I love that. Brian and I both love to oh, get into, yeah. into fights yeah. about it. We have strong opinions about uh Star Wars and Marvel and, and movies in general and TV. Um being in the industry ourselves and also just lovers of the those those things. We love TV. We love movies. Uh we want to hear from you. So hit us up on social media. Uh join the conversation. Thank you so much for listening to us. And Brian, as always, man, it is such a pleasure to see you and to talk to you again. And I look forward to talking to you next time. See you later, buddy. Oh
0: man, so great talk to you too. Loved every part of this episode and I'll talk to you next time. All
1: right. See you later, man. See ya.